One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is a flower, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Wales own a home draw in the playoffs, but Norway have failed. It's Wednesday, 17th of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Lars Watson. And I'm Luke Moore. Welcome, one and all, I to mean, the football round. You go straight from rubbing it in to like me supposedly introducing myself in a jaunty manner. <laughs> yeah. What sort of mental acrobatics do you expect from me, Speller? Everybody's second favourite scandal oh, Scandi God. is back in the pod. It's not a good day. Big Lars is <laughs> it's here. It's a bad day. Oh. I think it's fair, fair enough that you fronted up after last night. I mean... We did I, think you might not turn up. I'm, I just feel sad because I feel I've made a lot of people watch this game who might otherwise not have done. I feel like a lot of people I've been telling yeah. this is going to be exciting. Well, you're looking at it, one it, of, it was not that. You're looking at one. It of, was abysmal. Yeah. It was an abomination for man and beast. Yeah. So uh, to, forgive me if this is. It sounds like I'm stamping on you while you're. No, down. that's fine. But um, but I think actually the Wales game is more important. To yeah. Our let's go. So let's go. Wales, let's go. With Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You trying to look forward to last. <laughs> lost the will to live. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you think he'd be used to it. God's sake. Yeah, you, you shouldn't get used like to that. The, the hurricane of international football. <laughs> you shouldn't get used to failing. You shouldn't no, get used to not true. qualifying for World Cups. It's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. Anyway, we'll do it in a minute. But it's been a lot longer for Wales, hasn't it? Yeah, 1958 for Wales. Hey, what is it? What was it? 1998 for Norway. 1950. We were, we were at Euro 2000. I just blocked that out because we were so bad. Yeah, you were. But we're talking about World Cups here, mate. Yeah. You leave you your way for hat at the door, put your FIFA one on. Yeah. It's free. 
uh, with other purchases. Great, gold, all right, Johnny. It's got, it's got gold thread in it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Pele's hair. Yeah. Uh, for those who remember that, diamonds, um, diamonds, that's diamonds. Blowing me, we're going off track. Yeah. But yes, Wales uh, drew one all at home with uh, Belgium, and they've secured a home playoff semi-final after holding the world's number one ranked side. One can forget that about Belgium. I'm jealous of Wales. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, for the obvious reasons, but also. They have had, in sort of recent history, a, just a tremendous ability to make the team more than the sum of their parts at international level. Specifically five years ago. Well, but also, you can go through player for player on that team sheet, and mm. it's not you know, it's not amazing, but there are so many players who seem to up their game when they play for the national team. Well, we spoke about we, this. Which just isn't something you see that often in modern football. There's an extraordinary connection between mm-hmm. the teams and the fans. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean... Real Madrid fans and accountants <laughs> might not like this, but I think the, more, the way you think about it, the fact that you have guys like Gareth Bale who genuinely, like, mm. obviously prefers playing for Wales to playing for his club. You, you don't see that that often in modern football, and it's great, and I'm slightly jealous. Yeah, well, he, he didn't even play last no. night, and yet he seemed fully engaged, which is <laughs> yeah. even rarer. Yeah, again, very much the opposite of what's happening. <laughs> 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 the most engaged non-player since Lyndon Dykes volunteered to travel with the Scotland team, even though he, he couldn't play. Now you're talking. But that yeah. is, but that all does feed into Lars's point, um, that... What Wales and Scotland, but we said this about England as well, mm. what some of the, the home nations have done and, and other countries as well, Belgium being one of them, of course, is is getting that team spirit. Because mm. you think to yourself, as an international manager, you borrow players. Yeah. Speaking not from experience, of course. Mm. Um, you, you borrow players, you don't really have time to kind of shape them too much. Yes, of course your tactics can, can have a part and blah, 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 blah. You get that team spirit. Southgate talks about club, um, making it feel like a club atmosphere. Mm. And look at look what you can do. Yeah, and I think you've got to do it. I think if you're, it's, it's particularly important if you are what I would call a moderate international team. Yeah. So you need to, um, and I, th- I believe we talked about this earlier in the, in the qualification process. I think we talked about it in the context of Scotland, who obviously, as we said yesterday, have gone on to do really well. You need to stick in there when you need to stick in there. You need to turn your home stadium into a real fortress and generate mm-hmm. an atmosphere. And you need to somehow work with a management team who can make you larger than the sum of your parts to actually tap into what it means mm-hmm. to play for that team. Now, I think actually with Wales and Scotland and Ireland um, and Northern Ireland, talking about the kind of immediate proximity to where we are in England, it's actually fairly easy to do that. Mm. England have struggled to do that. Yeah. England have struggled to tap into what <coughs> it means to play for England yeah. just before Southgate came in because they, were, they mm. would bring in foreign managers. They kind of lost their way a little bit mm-hmm. in retrospect and now they've kind of tapped into that. Wales have been brilliant at doing that. Mm-hmm. It's no coincidence, of course, I don't want to kind of pop their balloon, and we are in, the, in we are in the FIFA house today, not the UEFA. Oh, house. absolutely! But if you yeah. if you if you if you would allow me just to pop down the bottom of the garden to the UEFA shed for a moment, okay, mm. I'll come back to the FIFA house straight away. I promise. Yeah. They Chetri are neighbors. standing there, just waving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. are neighbours. <laughs> very, very, yeah. very, uh, very nice. They're, they're all in Switzerland. Everyone gets on well with the bank account. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say that it's no coincidence. Wales have had a really great run of it since the the Euros has been expanded. Right, mm-hmm. it's been easier to qualify. They've mm-hmm. been able to do so. They've done mm-hmm. it on merit, but it's been easier. Of course, the World Cup isn't easier, mm-hmm. um, and that's. You know, why this is such a big deal, what they did last yeah. night. I think that, you know, for, for, for Belgium as a unit, it's it's not that often, the same way it wasn't that often with the Scotland game the night before, that teams will go and play in that kind of atmosphere and go, bloody hell, this is a tough old gig. And Wales weren't intimidated by Belgium last mm-hmm. night. They, they were really able to stick to their task. They had a good few chances of their own. Of course, they obviously scored. And they and I know Belgium changed players and Belgium had already qualified, blah, blah, blah. It was a strong lineup. It was a strong enough lineup, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I think they deserve a huge amount of credit for what they were able to do. And Rob Page, just finally, Rob mm-hmm. Page deserves an incredible amount of credit as well. The way he was parachuted in, 
under the circumstances he was in. Mm-hmm. With, he's not really a big name with respect to him. Yeah. It wasn't a done deal. The players were going to respect him. Mm-hmm. And he's been able to tap into it and done brilliantly. He has done brilliantly as well. A tough act to follow. Or, eh, less well, said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the other thing about the Wales in this group, so much of international football, and I guess we don't talk a lot about it because it's just kind of random, like the draws are your destiny, right? I mean, so much is down <laughs> it's a to big what deal. Yeah. it is such a bit like seeding yeah, and, right. and the draws matter so much. And, and and when this group was drawn, you figure Wales are, are probably the third best team here. Like you'd have Belgium and the Czech Republic because the Czech Republic are improving as we Especially saw, with their as performance we at the saw during the Euros, mm-hmm. as we've seen from their club size recently. They're, they're on the up a little bit. You'd have them as, as clear favourites to finish above Wales in this group, I think. And I hope that's not very disrespectful. So coming above uh, Czech Republic in this group is, is a real achievement by Wales. It's very impressive. And the Czech, their Czechs are in, in the playoffs as well, but you're absolutely right. Um, Roberto Martinez uh, called the um, the atmosphere in the ground last night, a beautiful, hostile atmosphere. He also said, it's fair to say when Wales are at home, they've got an extra threat. I would say without the crowd that maybe we don't concede that goal. And I thought... Take responsibility, man. I, I also, yeah, nothing you're right. Do, nothing to do with my tactics, mate. <laughs> yeah. Look at all this lot. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also thought to myself, and managers are always like this: how easy it is to be gracious when you've already qualified. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. It often happens with Jurgen Klopp. They win so often, Liverpool. Yeah. That when they lose, yeah. you think, bloody hell, Klopp's a bit spiky. Absolutely right. Martinez, Klopp's a very good uh, this is, example. This of that. is basically just a trip to Wales for them. I think Martinez, yeah. though, he's, he's not. He's usually okay in defeat. Yeah, he's not he's not I feel with Martinez, if you could hook him up to some kind of machine and turn his sort of positive vibes into electricity, yep. a lot of this old climate crisis nonsense <laughs> yeah. would be solved overnight. Sustainable um, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sustainable, sustainable Robbie. We can just plug him in and he would power most of the China. Well, with, <laughs> he would with that little dance. Remember in, when he was at the, uh, was it a Jason Derulo gig? He's a stylish mover. <laughs> and it you remember that? Yeah, I do. Was it Derulo? It was definitely that kind of artist. Yes. And someone filmed him without his knowledge yeah. and put it on the internet. Let's yeah. be absolutely clear. That, so you framed that it's quite naughty, but I think actually they've probably done him a favour. Well, I think when he was... Because a, he did a lovely little uh, sort of reverse great wheel. Move. It yeah. was a great move. <laughs> And what happened was at the gig, he was in a beautiful, hostile atmosphere. <laughs> and he had to puncture that atmosphere with a lovely little dance. And I tell you what, if they'd have needed to qualify last mm, night, you, yeah. we might have seen that on the touchline. I yeah. do, I, what I would say is this. If you are going to be caught on the long lens doing that and your team doesn't qualify, you're going to look like a prat. You are. So fair enough, he was able to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel about this, Lars, because you know a lot more about European football than me, but um, they're still calling this Belgium team... The, um, this, the this golden generation or whatever, even though they haven't actually won anything, I, I kind of understand that because of the profile of players they've got. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the coverage of Belgium going into the World Cup is almost like, and it has been, it probably was in the summer as well. This last roll of the dice idea. We've been saying that for a little while. Yeah. yeah. Did you see anything from the players coming through, the young players, that there's there's, there's a little bit more more life in the old dog yet? I mean, in Charles de Ketelaer, they have a real player there. I mean, I think, I think he's going to go very far. He's he's a delicious, a delicious player. Mm. Uh, but but there isn't... The defence issue is still an issue. I mean, the, I, I don't think... The defending the, the, for the Wales goal was terrible, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So bad. And, and, and there isn't obvious sort of youth candidates coming through there who will like they will mm-hmm. clearly be the, the centre halves to take them and you know is the, the Aldeveld Viltongen yeah. Vermalen thing like ages has come for them company and, yeah I mean, yeah exactly and and that they've sort of but, but I think with the golden generation thing it, it still is right I mean for, for, oh, for, 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 for yeah you've got to look at this in context I think if we go through Belgian football history like I don't think you'll find any point in time where they've produced more top class players no. who've done really well at club sides I completely agree and I think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they went out to the eventual champions this mm-hmm. time around, no? 
In, in World Cup 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. To France in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slender 1-0 uh, victory. And, and, and uh, I mean, that's just kind of how tournaments work sometimes. But I completely agree. I think sometimes the, yeah, the chat... Yeah, luck, yeah. I, I think the chat around Belgium can be a bit silly when people haven't won anything. Well, but there's plenty of sides over the years that haven't won anything and we have great affection for them or certainly the fans of those teams do. I think Belgium, again, as Lars says, you've got to remember where they are on the footballing map. The 86 side were handy in yeah. 1986. Yeah. 1990, they were handy. Mm-hmm. England just about got past them, of course, and maybe a little bit fortunate to do so. But a country that size of the population, they don't actually have their national team a huge sort of... Uh, Tradition, really. I say tradition. Obviously, there's there's no, keen interest. No, no, but Mar- but in recent years, they have galvanised that support because a lot of Belgians used to go and watch France, yeah. or some of them would watch Netherlands because of the way they are geographically and culturally yeah. and so on. So to, to the way they've kind of pulled it together, they've got to the number one spot in the world. I know you don't get a medal for that, no. but that's still a hell of an achievement. Yeah. They they got third in the World Cup. A semi final is probably better to to say it. Those fans will remember that the the quarter final victory over Brazil. Absolutely yeah. shame for them in the Nations League. They didn't maybe get to the final, but. I think to sort of write it off and say, well, well, this golden generation or whatever has failed, I think is a little bit short-sighted. Yeah, and they go out into, against the eventual champions in 2008. And again, hopping off into the UEFA shed to hang out with Sheffrin for a moment. Mm-hmm. They, they did go out to Italy at Euro, Euro 2000 in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. so again, two international tournaments in a row, you go out to the eventual champions. Yeah, it, it, That's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, yeah. the, the draw is destiny. Yeah. Very true, very true. I mean, it's Wales' night, though, wasn't it? We should, we should make that well, it was yeah, Wales' yeah. night. Well, who, of course, knocked him out of Euro uh, 2016. Absolutely. And of course, yeah. that's... You know, but that's why... Right. You, you can't be... You can't, well, eventual champions and Wales, there's no shame in going out against uh, No, exactly. Yeah, they go they hand were, They hand. were against the force of destiny. Exactly. <laughs> Did you see that Joe Ledley announced his retirement at the weekend? Mm. Uh, who's been a, a good servant for Wales. He finished um, his statement with, Then there is Wales, my beloved Wales. I can never imagine retiring from international football, so I will forever remain available. Please don't take me home. I love that. <laughs> a club side to play for international football it's like Nangalan all over again yeah, well, it doesn't make you more likely to be picked so uh, that you're not going to play football anymore it's not quite like Nanglin is it true yeah. Na- I think really, he's a bit more disciplined than Nanglin I would rather smoke cigarettes and play in the second tier than, than t- try hard but if you want me Belgium I'm here yeah or Dr Socrates in Brazil yeah. you don't quit smoking then you have to quit playing football it's a great line next time I lose a job or something I'm going to say okay that's fine I get you but I shall re- forever remain available yeah <laughs> yeah I would, I'd, have that, I'd have that as your um, signature on your email yeah, last for, I shall forever remain. Well, you can't available. use it on us. We now move on from, from the jubilation uh, of I don't Wales. mind dropping this section. I mean, we, can, <laughs> we, we have a running Listen, order here, but... Um, it's, a, it's a bit like a tabloid newspaper. We're going to do the story anyway. Yeah. Do you want to you give us your side of the story? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're giving you the option here, yeah. uh, Lars. Um, but we, we should talk about Netherlands to Norway, nil because Louis van Gaal... saying that. Norway, Louis van Gaal's done it again. Yeah, he has. He's done um, it again. He said he would retire if Netherlands had failed to qualify for the World Cup. So Norway not... He's tried retiring before. Uh, I saw... Norway, as you said before, Lars, yeah. they missed out on the we World could Cup. Could have retired. Could have retired. Yeah, come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah. Uh, he tried to retire. I, I found this quote. He, found, he tried to retire in March 2019. And he said, my wife is also en- entitled to a life with Louis van Gaal, not just the players. <laughs> Yeah, but then, then I think crucially, then, been doing? crucially, his wife said, that, "Can you please just go back to yeah, work?" Actually, I'd rather you be yeah. Well, yeah, just when he thought he was out. Yeah, they, they pulled him back but, in. But this was—I mean, Norway didn't even treat us to a no. a kind of exciting 
sort of because because it was the, it was the it was the group with and I think we said this yesterday. I was looking forward to the games last. The night. most connotations, yeah, because yeah. It, there's a lot of drama, a lot of weird stuff could have happened there. And then Netherlands and Norway between them just absolutely killed it. The first yeah. half was enough to make you give up football. Well, there was a moment in the first half when Montenegro had taken the lead against Turkey, and we thought, "Hello, this could be an interesting night." Yeah, and then you looked back at the TV uh, at Netherlands Norway unfolding, and you realised, well, maybe not. Uh, the, the first half. I can I can on, on a rational level if I have to be serious for a second I can understand the logic between going for going into this game and thinking okay we'll keep it tight we'll stay, stay in the game, game. We'll yeah, cool. oh, no, I totally and, get that and that's totally what we were doing in the first half and I think to be fair to the Norwegian players although they were very, very structured and committed and they were pressing and we mm-hmm. defended reasonably well like the Netherlands didn't create anything of note in the first half either mm-hmm. but there is a fine line between staying in the game and just not doing anything and um yeah. I think we fell foul of that. Uh, and again, if you when we eventually tried to push forward, there just wasn't anything there. And, yeah. and the frustrating thing is, listen, this isn't where the qualifying went wrong for us. We talked about how the draw is destiny. And um, actually, looking at this group, as much as there have been some weird twists along the way, Netherlands top, then Turkey, Norway, Montenegro, Latvia, Gibraltar. I mean, that's completely according to rank. Mm. Uh, that That is probably what you would have expected. But because Turkey have had some troubles, we would have maybe felt we could have done something. Mm-hmm. But, but Stahl Solbach and our coach said after the game that, you know, the big problem for us in this group was that we lost our home game uh, against Turkey in inverted commas, which we had to play in an empty stadium in, Gibral- in, uh, in, Mol- in Malaga. Uh, which uh, yeah, and it was very, it was very early in Solbakken's tenure. He hadn't right. had a chance to work with the team a lot. I think he made some tactical choices in that game that if he had his time again, he would do differently. Uh, so between that defeat and dropping points against Latvia, that was the two games that that did for us. Uh, but the frustration after the Netherlands game is that I think this team could have done better than that. I think there are players who weren't able to show what they can do. Uh, and I'm looking at our midfield in particular, because I like our midfield. You know, Tosby and Norman uh, looking after Odegaard is a good balanced midfield, and uh, they weren't able to impose themselves on the game at all. And when we did win the ball, we, 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 just, we just didn't do anything. And there was, an early, there was a period in the early second half when we decided to push up a little bit and try to make life a little bit uncomfortable for them. And, and, and that kind of added to my frustration because you saw that they were a little bit rattled, the Dutch. Like, they weren't that comfortable in mm. possession when you repressed them. So it made me think that it's very easy to sit here in the studio and say we should have should have gone at them. Mm. Uh, but but when we did try a little bit, I, I felt there was something there for us, but we just didn't, didn't uh, do enough. Door open didn't enough. do enough, yeah. But that's, I think that's the thing, Luke, is when you, when you have these games where people say, just stay in the game. Yeah. Absolutely, there's merit in that. But you know, as, as well as anybody's watched football, is when you play and the dynamic sets in, 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 in solid you, for the last 10-15 minutes you go right lads switch it up now It's it, everyone's set in stone everything's yeah. well not set in stone but it, it's set it's very difficult to get out of that and uh, as you say with Norway it's kind of like as I said, yeah, there's little chance of having a go but it just uh, nothing well, some people some people would probably take, have the take that you know you've just got to go and play your normal game you've got to say look mm. you know, this is the best team mm. the best players and the best formation and tactics to go out and win a game and whatever the circumstances this is the opposition we're playing this is how we go about it I don't know if they did that because I don't watch Norway enough to know if it was a big change but um, they did stay in the game for 84 minutes Yeah, and you know so, so I mean you know, and my, my friend uh, Tommy who's a, you know, um, he's, he's Dutch and he's a you know, big fan of the Netherlands national team he was, he was me- messaging me throughout the game saying look this yeah. is Netherlands we're talking about here. We're cutting this way too fine. We yeah. can't be doing this. And then when Bergwijn scores, which I'd love to, I'd love you to, if I'd love to see if you're on the same wavelength as me on this, Marcus. What goal? What famous goal from history that reminds you of? 
Well, that sort of uh, Emil for, Heskey. No, for me it was exactly like the goal that Shearer scored against Neville. Oh no, 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 it was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the top corner. Sorry, I was thinking Heskey away to Derby, I think. But uh, yeah, random, yeah. I can't even remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why so, that popped to mind. So, no, you're right. It, it was that sort of. Yeah. And, and so, so listen, it will go down as a two 0 defeat for Norway. It's disappointing for them. But the second goal is the second goal, right? I mean, they had no one back. They yeah, were trying to get forward to get a goal. You can't stop the pie. He'll always help himself to one. Yeah, yeah. Even Harry Kane, top scorer. He will always the, the have qualifier. a piece of the pie. Very yeah, well, piece some, of the pie. Yeah. <laughs> Gen- generous from Bergwijn. Did you, did you well. maybe not notice that? <laughs> Bergwijn laid on the slice. What I was doing, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> but you both, you both, you know, just you yeah, ran yeah, for yeah. the same ball there. <laughs> but but you both scored at the You'd same time. You rather both went for it, none of them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, in the combined eleven between these two teams, I mean, maybe you'd have Odegaard for 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 the Netherlands. It's uh, just excuses, isn't it? We just talked about Wales a second ago. It doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, yeah, but but that's the point. That's why I'm saying I'm slightly jealous of Wales because they're they're clearly more than some the of their parts. Yeah, and I think last night we weren't. Now I do think I like the coach. I think Stoll Solbakken is a smart guy. I think he is the. I've said this a few times before. I think he's the best coach out there with a Norwegian passport, which is a very thinly veiled day. Get someone else. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and and I think there are good players in this group. And, and I do think we have a very fair chance of qualifying for the mm-hmm. next Euros unless we get stuffed by the by the gods of the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game was a bit of a setback, we have to say. When do you think it's time for Solskjaer to take the Norway job? Yeah. Never, not not ever. No, is, this, is this why you've been really positive about him staying in the main um, job? Like? <laughs> I think he's the man no, for the no, job. No, no, be. I, I'm being harsh. I mean, I think it's possible that he could actually be good for that role because I think he has a good rapport with the players. Mm. And I think that's a big deal in international yeah, I think management. You were quick to dismiss him. Uh, no, well, that, that was for effect, Marcus. Yes. Well, they didn't make the playoffs, of course, as you, as you say there. Um, some of the teams did. I mean, you say Norway is a small country, Russia is the biggest country on earth, mm. and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So sometimes. What have we does... learned there, <laughs> Marcus? <laughs> Russia big, yeah. Norway uh, less big. Exactly. Yeah. North Macedonia changed their name recently. Yeah. Uh, added in the north. There. Are we seeing patterns? Well, we seeing maybe. Patterns? Maybe I'm trying to. Czech yeah. Republic tried a sort of a rebrand to call themselves Czechia. Yeah. Didn't really take on here. Czechia. Czechia. It, yeah. That's what we call Czech Republic anyway. Is Norway. Right? So for me, this is easier. Blimey. So they spent a lot on on posters. Just and because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you, mate. Absolutely right. Yeah. So the seeded teams, of course, Portugal, Scotland, Italy, Russia, Sweden, Wales. Unseeded teams: Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Austria, Czech Republic. It's a strong draw. But then I think we're saying this because with the Euros, it is uh, more of an open tournament with, for, because of the, the the number of teams that. Can I qualify. think so. I, I think I, that's my big galaxy brain theory about this. Because over this week, certainly, it's felt like, oh my God, that team's in the playoff? Yeah. Like, good Lord. But I think it's just because we've been through a Euro cycle where basically everyone gets to the Euros, except for, for Norway, obviously, but like ha- literally half the teams mm. in Europe qualify, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that means the qualifiers are, you know, for quite a few teams, once you get a few wins on the board, the rest of it is kind of fine. Mm. Uh, but but the World Cup draw is still pretty brutal. There aren't yeah. that many spots for the for Europe in there. I'm uh, assuming you're champion Arsene Wenger's ideas then, because Norway can no. get involved a bit more. No. Get in the sea, <laughs> well, You said Norway could have double the It did, yeah. It's a tough old... Sorry to cut you. Yeah, yeah. old... Chuckez-vous dans la mer. It's a tough old... Uh, draw um, 12 teams into three yeah. and the the finals the three games at the finals that's whoever plays at home is done by a draw yes so I mean back to Lars's point about how you know, the, we have to you know Make an offering to the, to the draw gods mm. if you're a, if you're a Scottish fan or, or a Welsh Welsh fan or whatever um, I think Scotland and Wales should be very very happy they're in that pot one they should they should be and I'm sure they are I, I do sort of part of me does think that if you do qualify through the playoffs because it is like a semi-final final, you should get a medal. But then, 
you shouldn't get a medal for qualifying. Do you know what I mean? So no. I'd be sort of a bit mixed emotions there. I just think you're wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Serbia have made it through to the World Cup. That's what we know. I just wanted to mention because their players were given a, a one million euro cash bonus for qualifying for the World Cup. They donated the treatment of sick children in Serbia. Very nice. Good well lads. Well done then. Well Good done them, then. Yeah. Um, just to finish uh, the, um, the, the the first half, gentlemen, um, let's go to North American qualifying for the World Cup. Canada defeated Mexico 2-1 to go top of the qualifying group. Now, Canada... They're flying. They are absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, they're like a maple leaf in the wind. Yeah. Um, they are... <laughs> What? So that kind of feels like they're being blown around all over the place. They're like a like a like a moose on the slopes. I yeah. don't know. Like I don't a know. Moose on the slopes. <laughs> they're just hanging around like yeah. a charging moose. Exactly. Going yeah. Straight towards. They're like a mountie striding a along with a, a malfunctioning I love, rifle. I love our I love our Canadian our Canadian listeners have got about five seconds of enjoyment out of that. Yeah. Before they just got stereotyped into oblivion. What they're going to do? Be rude to us? Yeah. It's unlikely because they're a fine bunch. Yeah, um, they are lovely. But this game was uh, played at the wonderfully so-called. Ice Tecker I like it. Stadium in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, wind, with wind chill, it was minus fourteen degrees. Yeah. Uh, which uh, you know, if, if, you, if you're going to play, take the Mexicans up there. <laughs> they won't be used to that. Yeah. Uh, Where they might argue. Um, one Canada player did a dolphin dive into a snowdrift when celebrating the second goal, which is wonderful. Big fan stuff. of it. Yeah. Um, wonderful stuff. I, 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 I am absolutely astonished. Yes. That you can be Canadian. Yeah. And not realise that diving into snow is far more painful than it looks. <laughs> no, it's no, but it's good. It's refreshing. You're talking to, to a Norwegian. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. Do you know what Alex Tetty once celebrated a goal by making a snow angel? Yeah, but let's talk about very types good of snow. lad. Lars, there's types of snow. There's types of snow. That's true. Yeah, that the hard pack snow that's yeah, been taken off true, the pitch and piled in big things is going to be tough. Ah, no, that's true. But I mean, he was—he'd been running around, so he was quite sort of het up, and he wanted to excited, yeah. excited, yeah, exactly right. I mean, I, shout out to John Herbin, doing a brilliant job there. I mean, oh my it's incredible. He's—he's um, he's moved across from the women's team. Um, he's doing a brilliant job with the men. Uh, Could you give me his full name, Englishman? John Englishman Herdman. John Hurt, proud Englishman John <laughs> Herdman. A f- yet further evidence of England's influence on the game. Is that what you want? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. quite astounded to see Atiba Hutchinson still knocking around. Uh, a midfielder for Canada who I'm, I'm familiar with a little bit because he played in Scandinavia for a while mm-hmm. and he's 38 which is like 38 year old central midfielder still doing the business still uh-huh. playing regularly for Besiktas great, great great career well done yeah no, we do enjoy that also in, in the North American qualifying check out uh, Michael Antonio's goal against the US oh Duty. my god I love this what a hit did you, did you see that his teammate tried to celebrate by booting the ball back into the net again, missed the ball oh, and fell see, over? I yeah. did see that. Great stuff. Mikhail's probably like, what am I dealing with here? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a very muted celebration. I was almost worried that he'd twanged something because he didn't run around like a madman. But maybe, got, maybe, got a, got a track record as maybe well. this is, I love this, my favourite type of goal is the kind of goal where you, you can see, it's far out, you can see what the player's about to do and you have just about enough time to say, no, don't be shooting from there, you moron. And yeah. then he does and then it goes in. Yeah. It's very high on my list of favourite type of goals in the world. It is a glorious goal. I do hope Canada qualify though from this. Uh, Same. First time since 86. First time since 1986. They I find that odd that um, Canada have been at the World Cup for and, and some legit yeah. good players there. Like yeah. Jonathan David of Lille is very good. Alfonso Davies obviously is a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle Larin, Besiktas forward, is a is a is a good striker. Yeah. You know, I think uh, yeah, they they Greg Rosetsky. <laughs> it's time Thomas for a, Redzinski. It's time for a break, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories in women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today... From my own experiences of, of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. You better get your finger out, all right, and make sure that you get the fucking results. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramble, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you got to right. make sure, Lars. You do. You've got to make sure. Right. Greg, Greg Rosetsky. Oh, dear. It's Wednesday. Oh that means God. it's time for Pep Talks. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! Welcome to Pep Talks, everybody. Drink water, relax! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pep. I think he should do, like, relaxation tapes. Yeah, yeah. Go, Ooh, you no, get, relax! You get him on the car map. You can get him on the car map. Relax! Yeah. Can you really? No. Oh, <laughs> no sit down! Yeah. There we are. Lars, um, um, I believe yeah. you've got the email. I do. We've got an email from Brian, who says, I've just had a second child a couple of weeks ago. A baby boy. That makes it two under two, brackets, shitting myself is an understatement. <laughs> Fair enough, Brian. Uh, however, my daughter, who is 18 months old, has now decided that this is the perfect opportunity to start waking up at 5 a.m. 
Not ideal. The only way I can see to solve this is to play incredibly boring games of football on the TV in the hope that she will hate this and sleep until at least 6am. <laughs> Now, my question for you is what games should I make her watch? Or do you have another idea on how to bore her into sleeping better? Interesting, Brian. Yeah. I, I, I say, waking up early, good habit for life. Very I mean, I speak as someone who's very bad at that. You know, very efficient people. So maybe you should encourage it. But it's bad for you, obviously. I have to say, <laughs> topically... Yeah. First half of Netherlands Norway from last well, night. Well, I was going to suggest an incredibly strong candidate. Uh -huh. That those 45 minutes in the second half, yeah. you know, there was a risk of a football game breaking out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it never truly did, but you know, mm -hmm. there were there was something almost happened. Yeah. Whereas in the first half, that was just bilge. Like there was there was just terrible. Totally, it was yeah. a team that had no intention of playing football mm. versus one that was a little bit worried of, of about trying. Yeah. Uh, and and it was a complete waste of time. The classic of the genre would be. Austria versus West Germany. Yeah, in eighty uh, two was it? <clears throat> well, they did that on purpose. They basically, sp uh, basically stimulated Screwed a change over. in the rules mm. because they they played out a nil nil draw because they both of them qualify. Yeah, this over Algeria was it? I can't remember. It's a bit uh, yeah, my time, that, that would be a good one. All and and another one of the, a, a classic of the genre of games which promised so much and were, was just terrible was Manchester United versus Liverpool I think it was the 1996 well, FA Cup final well, oh the Cantona winner a lot of Manchester United Liverpool games in this bracket yeah you could have that but that Cup final everyone's oh my god two massive teams it's going to be huge and it was terrible just just pause it before the Cantona goal goes in because obviously there's a bit of titillation there but just, um, but just but, really yeah, looking at match. I mean we remember from a school days on an exam the key is to read the assignment properly right so yeah. we're looking at Brian's email here and I've got it in front of me It's about putting, you know, something that's so dispiriting that the child just goes... I'm not having this. Not having this. I'll yeah. just go back to sleep instead. I'm thinking England's 2010 World Cup campaign. Oh, yes! Yeah. Almost, England v Algeria. Almost everything You'd that happened. You'd get that on stream as well, probably. Totally. So bad. And it's just not... It's appalling yeah. football-wise. It was terrible. Also, you've got... I'm sorry if you like this, but it's not for me. The Vuvuzela's in the background as well. Mm -hmm. that'll, I mean, that'll send you to sleep for sure. That not, well, it'll the babies like white noise and mm -hmm. If they like do, that, yeah. I mean, that that would really help. I certainly think this is not for me. Like, I'm yes. prepared to go back to sleepy land. Well, listen, you, you guys... I think that's the answer. I, I like... I think they're all great answers. I... I, I like any excuse to um, bring up um, Portsmouth nil, Gillingham nil, New Year's Day 2001, <laughs> which I still remember now, despite it being over 20 years ago, uh, was the worst game of football I've ever seen, <laughs> followed by a poor home defeat to Wigan mm. at Fratton Park under Alan Perrin. I forget what year that was. Um, but thankfully, mm. you're very unlikely to be able to have to come into contact with those, the videos of those games mm. because they're either too long ago or no one gives a shit about them. So you're probably, that's not really a realistic candidate, but that's certainly, I think me just telling your newborn about that mm. would send them back to sleep. Yeah, I agree. So anyone, anyone certainly those? made me lose focus. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Brian, Started zoning out. Brian, I think you've got your answers there. So um, uh, good luck uh, with finding footage of those games. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, however bizarre, send them in and we will uh, get to them every Wednesday for Pep Talks. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Uh, by the way, talking of boring games, I'd just like to bring in a great game that happened um, uh, uh, last night with the uh, Bristol uh, Rovers in the, oh, in the FA Cup. Incredible Blimey, look, That was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, so Bristol Rovers went 3-1 um, down in extra time. So it was one all, went to extra time. They went 3-1 down. Um, and then they scored three goals in extra time. So there were five goals in extra time. Mm. And, the, and they scored three goals in eight minutes to win 4-3. 
And the winning goal. Oh, man. The scenes oh, yeah. were absolutely incredible. We'll have to share it on social media for those who haven't seen it. A proper pile absolutely on. Absolutely unbelievable people just, stuff. People just started just coming from everywhere. It's oh, just yeah. one of those moments you get everyone, get everybody down yeah. there. People who don't even work here. <laughs> The bloke from the Sainsbury's. Yeah. Are you into football? Not really. That'll do. Get yeah, over yeah. there. But I do feel for, for Oxford United fans because they were the team on the wrong end of the result. And they, I mean, it's a Tuesday night. They've got to drive back to Oxford. It's like yeah. losing in that fashion. Sure. They're, they're the kind of trips back. And I'd mm. love to hear from someone if they drove back from that game with uh, who supports Oxford United with their mates. Those are the kind of <laughs> drives back yeah. that cement your friendships forever. Oh, yeah. It's like, we have got shared trauma here <laughs> and we are never going to forget this. So incredible Credit to, to, to Bristol Rovers. Brilliant scenes. Definitely check out the video if you've not seen the winning goal. And, and huge commiserations to, to Oxford United. Up the gas. Mm. Up the gas. Mm. All right, gentlemen. Uh, let's go to something that is um, quite a sad story from from uh, from football. Derby County. Um, yes, they've had... Uh, the, yesterday, they were deducted a further nine points after admitting to breaches of the EFL's accounting rules over the sale of their ground pride park to former owner Mel Morris. Now, this charge had initially been brought in January 2020, but um, Derby's appeal against their previous 12-point deduction um, has also been dismissed as well. So they've now got a 21-point deduction uh, with a further suspended three points hanging over them. The 18 points adrift of safety on negative three points at the moment. They haven't been relegated to the the third tier since um, 1985-86. So it's a proud club, of course, that that we know that. But if people think, oh, well, are they one of those sides that knock around the sort of the lower leagues? no, no. Not been to the third tier for a very, very long time. They've only spent four seasons outside the top two leagues in their entire history. Yeah, so it's this is just such a desperate situation. But we've yeah. known this for a while with Derby, and it doesn't really surprise. The bad news is that, um, as you've described it, I mean, obviously points deductions are terrible for the obvious reasons, but also mm. because they, you know, they they demotivate the players and they demotivate the fans, and and you know the people who are being punished aren't necessarily the people who've committed the crime. And I speak as a as a fan of a club who's been through this. You know it. Um, the good news is. I think from what I can make out, they can at least draw a line on this now and say, mm. right, this is the this is the punishment. This is this is where we are with it. The not knowing is sometimes worse. Exactly. What I mean. And we've got to move on. Now, there's also further good news, I think, because um, there are if, if accounts are to be believed, and there's been some great reporting on this, um, there are people lined up who want to who want to buy the club. Apparently so. And if that's the case, then hopefully they can come out the other side of it. I know that um, Wayne Rooney's getting. I don't know Wayne Rooney personally. Obviously, I don't. I, I do know a couple of people at Derby County, mm-hmm. and they're very positive in their praise for Wayne Rooney. What he was able to do after Philip Cocky was there. Mm-hmm. The fact that he stuck with the team and really wants to work with the players. He's got a real affinity with the group. I think he believes in them a lot, and they believe in him. And for for a player who's not played at that level or managed at that level before, it's kind of interesting that um, that he's sticking at it. And, mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know they've been competitive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No one's suggesting they've been brilliant. But the circumstances around mm-hmm. the club have been hard, and they've been competitive. Now, very, very quickly to finish, if there is someone lined up to buy the club, and they do so, they also need to sort out the ground situation. Mm-hmm. Because Mel Morris, the previous owner, the, the incumbent owner, or whoever he is, whatever he is now, I can't quite remember, he owns the stadium. Yeah. They've got to sort the stadium and the ground situation out as well, because otherwise their problems may not go away as quickly as we'd hope. But ultimately, hopefully they can draw a line under it, um, they can move on, they 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 obviously probably they obviously need to take their medicine. We'll wait and see for the rest of the season what happens. But there is kind of hope for the future for Derby now. I think, and I speak to someone like I say, you support Portsmouth, and it's awful to go through all this stuff. But Portsmouth did come out the other side of it, and mm-hmm. Derby will as well. Yeah, um, they did that classic club in financial trouble move a few years back, didn't they? Of selling their own stadium to themselves. 
quite. And that's been part of the problem. Well, yeah, which is, I mean, there's a Norwegian uh, saying that comes to mind, like if you're out in the cold, uh, pissing yourself to stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Very I mean, nice. It, it, it can work in the extreme. That's weirdly poetic. Yeah, yeah. It's short term. In, in the short term, it can <laughs> yeah. have a positive effect, but yeah, the long term yeah. effects are very much negative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so I don't recommend that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for, for Derby, you know, to, to, to be hopeful, you're right. If they get a new owner in who starts to kind of sort it out, they're probably going to get relegated. But, yeah, they need to massively up their points per game to get to give themselves a chance. Yeah, but but again though we've seen big clubs and bigger clubs than Derby go down to to League 1 or the third tier. And actually again if all goes well, yes you you, you don't want to stay there, but you get a bit of money, you keep a few players and whatnot. You actually you might feel like the biggest club in the world in League 1 because if you if you get that But going, that comes with its own problems market. It does. Sunderland have seen that, Portsmouth have seen that. Sure. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult, but I mean it's when Portsmouth were in League 2, mm. It was much tougher than you'd expect. Yeah. Because every single with I'm don't mean to be disrespectful, Portsmouth and Derby are Derby are a big club. Yeah. Every single game's like a cup final to the other teams. Mm. They're going to Pride Park. Pride Park will have 18, 20, 22,000 people in it. Yeah. And it's a big big it's a big day out for smaller teams. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard mm-hmm. because they really dig in, they really try hard. It's almost like Man United in the nineties, although they were able to take care of it yeah. because they used to win all the time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a shit analogy. But but the other thing I was gonna say, just on the on the players' point, you make a really interesting point there, because one thing I didn't consider is I think a lot of Derby's players are out of contract in the summer. Mm. So that'll be a real tipping point for them as well. Um, they need to improve massively in terms of the points they're picking up yeah. if they're gonna stay in this division. <clears throat> um but yeah, I mean, ultimately, sometimes well, you've got to take a short-term hit for the long-term kind of. Benefit. Totally. I mean, I'm trying to be hopeful there, but you're right. When you think about the players, I mean, they hardly had any players recently. That, that yeah. a lot of them are out of contract. It could be a very desperate situation. But you never know in football, Lars. You never know. I feel like, I mean, there are rules in place, but I'm starting to think there needs to be more stringent financial controls on the championship. Wow! What are the amazing flowers? Come on! Just because it's such a basket case financially, and I understand why. It's because clubs and owners take short-term punts on just spending more money than they have, thinking if we get promoted, then happy days. Jobs are good. And they were close. Derby have been close in recent years. Yeah, and I guess for owners' sake, if they don't, if it doesn't work, they can just leave and the club will be less to, left to sort out the financial mess, right? Indeed. And yeah. and that, that just shouldn't be possible, I think. And again, it comes back to something we've spoken a lot about this year, about how football clubs should be seen as community assets rather than just businesses. I agree with And that. there should just be more controls in place. Mm-hmm. Sadly, that ship has sailed, I'm afraid. Indeed, yeah. But with that kind of uh, point of view, Lars, you wouldn't be very welcome um, in Major League Soccer. They're not community hubs, are they, really? No. Well, it's a bit disrespectful to fizz at that. That is it. <laughs> very disrespectful <laughs> to the great man. Well, let's go back to a North- one-man community. Let's go back to North America. Okay. Then. You've twisted my arm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, the, the link work is, is is pretty extraordinary. Is it a community or is it a franchise? You know, that's the. I mean, I mean, I, if you want to have a serious conversation about this, not particularly. I, 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 exactly <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I had a feeling. Oh, oh Lars, um, when he says he's twisted your, his arm, what he means is we've not physically restrained him from doing so. <laughs> so he's going to carry on until. But you're stop lucky him. I didn't link Sven with the Norway. Inter Miami. Okay? Well, yeah. yeah, right. Let's get back on track then. Into Miami update, everybody. Smoke from over on that side of the Phil, table. Phil Neville has promoted his son to the first Out team at Inter Miami. He has. I'm giving you the nod, son. <laughs> Go both barrels. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, that's... be like your uncle, your dad. <laughs> oh dear, Harvey Neville travelled yeah. with the team for their final game of the season early this month, and now he's officially in the first team. After Neville axed ten players, Neville left behind Beckham's son Romeo, who will continue to play an Inter Miami's feeder team. <sighs> mm. 
What do we think of this then, Lars? How can you add some seriousness <laughs> to this chat? Lars has got an axe to grind about Inter Miami's financial dealings. So I think he's probably going to go there. I do, well, extra 10 players. I mean, Inter Miami, for the, for those who don't know, yep. uh, have been punished uh, harshly this year. Uh, they've been handed a fine and uh, there's been a reduction in the, the sort of the money they're allowed to spend over the next couple of years. Because again, the MLS is... Uh, the MLS, sorry. MLS, <laughs> I know we have American listeners. It's Don't not worry. the MLS; it is MLS. Yep. Um, have very have very stringent financial controls, uh, and Inter Miami broke them. Uh, Inter Miami spent uh, quite a lot more money on on player salaries than they were allowed to. The average MLS squad has three players who you can yes. pay whatever, and the rest of the squad is sort of mid table League One mm. uh, wages, pretty yep. much. Basically, they circumvented these rules by just paying the players way too well, much. Gonzalo Higuain's on five point two million a year. Well, he's one of those three, so you can pay them whatever you want yeah. that's all good so he, well, right. he'll be on more than the rest of the squad put together I mean that's just mad happy it's days for they, Gonzalo they were, they were given the biggest fine in MLS history yes. I believe yes yeah. and uh, because they had basically two more players who should have been designated players by how much they were earning yeah. and just across the board there was too much money being paid and, and, and the point I want to make is that when this is reported it's say oh they're fined for breaching sort of financial regulations blah 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 we need to use the right words occasionally for things in this mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's it, Phil's fault. No, it's cheating is what it is. <laughs> like, th- this is cheating. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and cheating is the word we should be using because when it's all, oh, they've fallen foul of admin things. It's like, yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, this is as much cheating, I would argue, as if they were doping or paying off referees, honestly. People think that when you say that mm-hmm. we're not using the word cheating... And so, do you think that's because Inter Miami finished fourth bottom in the Eastern Conference? They won twelve games from thirty-four. They didn't yeah, qualify for the playoffs. <laughs> so so people are not that. You well, spent a load of money. Unsuc- and it didn't work. Unsuccessful at cheating. Uh, no, no, uh, and it, it, it's a very, very serious uh, thing that they've done, and and uh, they've been duly punished for it. And you mentioned earlier that they've axed a lot of players because they have to now because they've had a huge fine, and that'll curtail what they'll what they'll be able to spend over the next two years. So it's really set the project. Uh, backed, uh, I think, a little bit, and they're going to have to run it a lot smarter now than they have done so far. Well, they've got the man at the helm to do that. Well, I was going to say, you know, and, and I think people forget that all this turmoil going on and all this sort of naughty business, you know, it's poor old Fizzer that gets it in the neck for everybody. <laughs> so I, think everybody I mean, should, that's true. To be fair, he's every, not had an easy job there. Everyone should leave off uh, yeah. old Fizzer. But Fizzer did say after failing to qualify for the playoffs, I'd be lying if I said I didn't expect us to finish higher. Do the job, do the voice properly. I'd be lying if I said. <laughs> He then went on to say, I honestly can't wait to attack next season as quickly as possible. We've got great plans. We've <laughs> <laughs> got great plans, Lars. Lars to be fair, Lars. Luke's got to have his you, say. You said your piece, yeah. right? And you've done a very good but earnest bit about Inter Miami. Right. right? Let's hear the other side of the story. Yeah. All I, all I want to say <laughs> is that um, I prefer the stuff we do about Fizzer. <laughs> You might prefer this then. Uh, their superstar, uh, yeah. Igoin, as you mentioned, yes. uh, said, and he said this to Christian Vieri's Twitch channel, which, which is obviously where you you do most of your communication which, with the media. Which one's Phil again? <laughs> he said, I thought I would come here and play with a cigarette in my mouth, and instead, it is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> At least Which he is a great, great, great it. attitude from your superstar. Uh, it's a tough league, uh, and, and I think this is something that the older stars from Europe find when they come over. It is not as easy as they oh, think. Andro Pirlo was perfect example of that for, for yeah, New York City FC. Just, say what you want about the standards, but there are a lot of fit lads in that division who, who don't mind smashing into you. Which I think if yeah, you do you remember when Andro Pirlo and everyone was just going mad because basically the whole football it was community, just hanging around. The whole football community decided realized that Andro Pirlo was going to retire. Yeah. yeah, and so they were like, "Oh no, we probably haven't given them as much credit." As we should have done mm-hmm, yeah. so people just went way over the top and he would be playing like 10 yard square passes mm-hmm. in the MLS and people would be going look 
typical pier though. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Found the space. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of standing around in the middle, not moving much. It's like, no, oh, exactly. he's, re- he's reading the game. Exactly. Look, look at him reading. Exactly. Um, he's reading the game going, I don't fancy this, I'll stay back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I was at my vineyard. Well, we have to finish by saying this, gentlemen, that, that however desperate the situation gets at Inter Miami, it can't be worse than Cavala FC in the Greek second tier. Because according to reports, they will play their next game with a squad of kickboxers and basketball players as Whoa. they can't register any professional footballers. So if I mean, you fancy a game... That's a great com- <laughs> I was thinking about this. It's a great combination of other sports intake. Yeah. Because you've got the toughness of the kickboxing. Yeah. You've got the athletic ability. Well, the ball handling. So surely a basketball player going in goal. Yeah. Kickboxer on by kicks. Well, I mean, that's very niche. <laughs> what I'm saying is they're not going to get bullied, the kickboxers. No. And the basketball players are going up and down. You hear, you hear people watching football going, God, it's like a game of basketball. This it's attack, you attack, we yeah, attack, yeah, you yeah, attack. Yeah. It's a lot of um, transferable skills. And I think, for the record, and I do watch a lot of the Greek second team, as you do. know, Cavala yep. are destined to win this next game. <laughs> I'll, I'll be stunned if they don't. All eyes on them. Yeah. Um, and into Miami next year, of course, because... You know they can't wait to attack. Maybe they season. should get the kickboxers involved. <laughs> Do you know who should get the kickboxers involved? Dinamo Brest's women's team, right? Uh, who are currently bottom of the Belarusian women's league, uh, having won one goal all year, but they have a goal difference of minus two hundred and twenty-four uh-huh. uh, in twenty-seven games. So Fizz, did Fizz manage them before he made? <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, so he got the job. I think what we can all agree, Lars, yeah. the, the Belarusian we, women's league is savage. No, is that we would like to see Phil Neville in a room with a load of kickboxers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right, everybody. Uh, you can get more from us on the Football Ramble Patreon, of course, if you enjoyed myself and Andy on the special bonus episode of The Teams of Our Lives, which we released on Sunday. Then there's almost a year's worth of them waiting for you on our Patreon feed. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble to get involved. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Of course, on tomorrow's show, Kate, Jim and Pete will be in your ears. A triple sub. A triple sub. A triple substitution. triple threat. To try and rescue this nonsense. (laughs) Last 15 minutes. Look, we had... Going full Mourinho in there, Ramble (laughs) Thomas. We can't have any of this. All off. We took the Fizzer bullet for them. We did. Uh We're happy to do so. I'm always happy to do it. Although, if I'm going to take a bullet from Fizzer, I want to see what's in it first. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Thank you very much, Luke Ball. See ya. Thank you, Lars Huberton. Good fun. Thank you very much, everybody. See you soon. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.